Welcome to No Life Fresno. Come with us and meet your neighbors as we dive into the world of Fresno art, music, food, culture, and everything in between. We know all your dirty He's laundry. He's a good cop. I'm the bad cop. We'll switch in between. <laughs> okay. So we're going to start. We're here to expose you. That's right. actually what we're here for. So good. Going good. to this. Yeah. yeah. I got to go. <laughs> and I got to go potty. Yeah. And we never saw Brian again. That's awesome. My car won't start. Well, howdy, howdy, y'all. This is John Lofi. And Christian Honnitschlager. And we're here with Brian Bacallion of many things around Fresno. Hey Brian, how you doing bud? I'm good. Good. How are you guys? Okay, so Mountain Boy. Uh... <laughs> He's like, we already talked about that yeah, before we got on the air. We got all the how out of the way. I'm yeah. getting doing. <laughs> how are you doing, Brian? <laughs> That's terrific. Um, what is your relationship with Fresno and how long you've been here? Um, I'm a resident of Fresno and I love Fresno. Um, and I've been, I was born here. wasn't here my whole life. I moved away a handful of times, but uh, so far I've always come back. Okay. Yeah. It's a common theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't and and it's not a negative thing. I've, I have so many friends that feel like uh, I think it's going back home, regardless whether it's Fresno, wherever. But it's that thing where they're backtracking. Sure. And I'd say maybe in my I don't know my mid twenties, like. That, you know, you have that thought, and then I quickly just realize it's not backtracking. It's just if that's where you want to be, that's where you want to be. If that's where my family is. So, if you don't mind sharing, like where where have you been? Um, San Diego for a very brief time. Um, spent a lot of time in Santa Cruz without ever actually living there. Just buddies were going to college there, doing music out there. Mm -hmm. So I would end up out there for a month at a time, two months at a time. Do you know that kind of thing? Um, after that, probably in the North Bay of San Francisco is the longest I've been away, and I think that was about 2014-ish to 2018, 19. But yeah, most of my time's been here. And when I say Fresno, it's the mountains of Fresno. Yeah, the, the, the when I say part. Mountain Boy, like Mountain Boy and Conrad, because we sort of shared some mountain time together in Shaver, mm -hmm. or Prather, Aubrey. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had good uh, the beards. The beers, right? the beers. The beers. They moved. Oh, they're they not moved, in the hills they, anymore? No, they moved to Texas this last week. Oh, that's silly. Oh, this last week? Yeah. Crazy. That's random. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't thought about that them in a long time. Now, oh, they're, no. now they're gone. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. <laughs> Are you still buddies with them, though? There's, yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Gotcha, um, gotcha. So, you've been playing music for a while. Um... What was your first instrument you started to play? Uh, clarinet. In wow. like fifth grade and, you know, school band kind oh, yeah. of thing. Yeah, I played the tuba. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they were like, you're big enough. Take this fucking thing. <laughs> you're, yeah, it's, it's like being at a certain weight in football. They're like, oh, you're a linebacker. Yeah, you're, yeah exactly. you do this. So yours, yeah. you know, yours is the clarinet and tuba. Yeah. Mine was the recorder, like playing hot cross buns. Oh, totally. So I, I take it back. I believe in fourth grade, we all had recorders. Yeah. So I guess recorder would be um, the first, like, where, yeah, where someone was trying to teach me something besides, you know, the, the play, what is it, play, play school. Uh, little snare drums and stuff yeah. like that but 
All right, so you're right. You beat me. Recorder. I know. And then clarinet. Sorry. He knows me better than I know myself. So I'll just no, go to your Tell Brian's life. No, that's that's awesome. Um, no, clarinet, and then I think for a year or two, and then quickly I was like, I wanted to do the percussion stuff. Yeah. So I asked him to switch me to snare drum and, you know, the cymbals where you have one with each hand kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, all that, just school band things. Do you, do you do marching band? I did marching band, and yeah, a little bit in uh, middle school, and then um, and then in high school for probably two years, and then I was then I called it quits on marching band. Why do you call it quits? Because there's a whole because it wasn't cool, man. Because <laughs> it wasn't fucking cool. No, um, I don't know what it was. I I don't know why there was there was marching band, and in that same class you would. There would be marching season, and then there'd be concert season. I really enjoyed concert season and those instruments, like timpani and and um, that kind of snare drum performance, rather than like marching band snare drum, like drumline kind of stuff. Um, so I, I don't know. So after a while, I just did concert season somehow. I worked that. We had a small school, so you could kind of get away with like, I just want to do this. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, jazz band would be where I enjoyed it the most I think but yeah I was on the tuba in a jazz band for yes what, two years and this was in grade school man I think they put me on the tuba in like fourth grade and like okay. fifth and sixth grade we did uh, go to like retirement homes and all of this stuff that's and wild old, like jazz tunes for all the elder folk and uh, did you like it or did I did do it? Um, for some reason my brain can't connect with sheet music and fingers all at the same time so it was really a challenge for me and mm-hmm. at some point I just realized uh, you know being deaf in one ear too is a, is a oh, challenge okay. at some point I just realized like I'm a much better roadie okay. <laughs> for all my friends bands in high school than I was to play an instrument you know okay yeah so when did you stop playing tuba then it's like seventh uh, eighth grade, probably somewhere around there. Okay, so you gave it. You gave yeah, the yeah, old yeah, grade school a try. try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's no, that's that's awesome. Um, are you good at math? I am good at math. See, that's crazy because that's, <laughs> that's 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 the thing people would say. Oh, if you're good at math, you can read music. I was like, I, I don't know. I've seen all of it, and it's, I, I'm bad at math and sheet music. Yeah, I'm, reading I'm music. So both. Yeah, yeah. I, I failed. I base. Like, I almost failed uh, music fundamentals. I got a D minus. That ain't failing though. That yeah. ain't failing. At least you didn't. It's not that. It's not that hard. It's all hieroglyphs to me, man. Um, Dots on paper. Yeah. So, Brian, no. I've, I, you know, I've observed you playing multiple instruments over the years, and um, you know, I've seen you playing guitar, playing bass, playing drums. Um, out of those, like, out of those instruments, um, what? inspires you the most like what what brings you like you know yeah sure no for sure I think as far as like naturally just sitting down and being able to put myself in a trance and not and like kind of tune the world out kind of thing mm-hmm. and to get that kind of satisfaction it's drums okay um because there's just something and I suppose the next question is like so when did, in that moment like when you realize drums when was that like transition of all these things? You're just was there like a certain moment in time where it just it just connected with you and what started um, you do that? I mean, I'd I yeah, I'd say so because I always I did like I said I did some drum stuff in school mm-hmm. and some of that marching band stuff and then as far as like 
and I, my mom got me a drum set. We found it, and before you know, Craigslist all this stuff. It was just in the classifieds, mm -hmm. and like <laughs> a friend at the, ch the church I went to was like, all right, here's the the drummer from the church was like, all right, here's the drum, you know, here's a drum set. It's a good price. Go find it, or whatever. So I got, um, I got this kit, and I still wanted to do something else first. I just kept wanting to try something new. So the first like rock and roll kind of hankering for something that I had like uh, I got a bass mm -hmm. and took maybe two or three bass lessons and after that there was and I still play bass and I love playing bass but there was something different about it and I knew that was like okay that's how I dissect songs as far as writing and as far as notes yeah. go but shortly after that I was like oh no I sit at the drums and I can tune out and not think and feel everything so I don't know it was probably somewhere in seventh grade where I just realized that's That'll probably be my first instrument. That's what I gravitate towards. But, but, um, but I have role envy in everything I do. I always want to. I'm like, oh, I want to be. I want to play bass in this band. Or I want to play. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so, like, leading to the next question, like, what's your story with bands? Like, what's, what's your, that? What's yeah. your story with bands? How many bands you've been in? I want to hear the history. Oh wow. Well, yeah, we didn't introduce the bands. Yeah. There we go. Gotcha. We'll let you do. It. Way too many. <laughs> um, what bands are you currently? And they were right? all so good. No. What, um, what, what bands are you currently? What bands are you currently in right now? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, right now, um, my main my main thing that I'm that I write for, along with a couple other gentlemen, is this newer band, Sun Umbra. Um, yeah. That's kind of my baby with a couple with a few buddies. That's awesome. That's kind of like that that kind of thing and then there's a, there's hired gun things there's this and that um, band called the Stone Foxes that I've been with since 2014 or 15 um, and I love that band still do it that's more of a hired gun situation sure. it's more of a live setting yeah. kind of thing than recording um, still play with some buddies called Brand New Trash that are members of a couple, one of the guys from what the was, Foxes what was, that, what was the name again? Brand New Trash Bra Brand New Trash mm-hmm okay and uh those guys just recently moved to Nashville, so we haven't been playing as much, given they're out there. But cool. Um, what is? Uh, yeah. I mean, I've heard a little bit of Sun Umbra, but maybe it's a funny thing because you're the. I was I was thinking about this today. I was like, if we talk about Sun Umbra at all, if they ask, you're one of. And I don't know if I've ever told you this. You're one of the reasons that um, Christian that we that I wanted to start that band because when I met you and we started hanging out mm -hmm. a little bit. You were turning me on to all these, um, I mean, not Doom, not Stone Rock bands. I don't even know what, like Wooden Ships. And you would send, like, oh, yeah. you would send me a lot of links on Spotify. Yeah. Um, check this band out. And I'd ask, and this and that, and a few playlists. And I'm blanking on a lot of the bands right now. But turned me on to this. Like, we, I think the Black Angels is what yeah. we had in common. And, yeah. I'd, and I'd always kind of wanted to go right in that vein a little bit and test those waters. Um, yeah, more and, like moody, melodic, kind yeah. of, kind of trancey in some ways, right? Like they're they're Absolutely. really gripping. I think one of the ones I sent you was a uh, Casa Sui, which is like okay. a Spanish group. They're like super jam band, like uh, but super psychedelic, really, really flowy and fun. And I'm gonna have to dig into them again. Yeah, <laughs> that's no, that's that's awesome. I probably sent you. This is like a real a normal relationship for me with other people it's mm -hmm. like here's 800 albums to listen to <laughs> totally and I knew and I knew it meant a lot to you because you're collect vinyl too and mm -hmm. so I was like okay he's really 
it's not like he's perusing all these playlists and he's finding this and it's like oh no he's he's right. in on these yeah, bands yeah. you know and yeah. um so anyway that was roundabout cool, that Thank was you. yeah that was something that i was like oh, i'm gonna try i was like i think christian he'd, he'd dig this and so also you mentioned you listen to slow season i was like mm-hmm. i'm buddy i was like why don't i hit those guys why don't why don't i this this could make sense so anyway i don't know if i ever told you that, but no that's around that's, that's awesome. a roundabout <laughs> thing that uh yeah it's really funny to be talking about it now with you but um but yeah, I don't know. It's it's somewhat psychedelic, somewhat just straight up rock and roll. Um, very moody. Everything's a little dark. It's like uh, our vocalist Daniels kind of described some of it as like bubblegum Tom Waitsy kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay, and I, I can see that. Yeah. And there's some there's some. I'm not as familiar with the term goth. Like as far as like I don't know. I consider I guess the Cure slightly goth. I don't know exactly yeah. what I would call that, but. I mean, I consider. I mean, I guess like across the board, I mean, Bauhaus or Joy okay. Division, but that you know, and even even the Pumpkins, I would consider somewhat like sure. Adore. Yeah, 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 I would yeah. consider that slightly somewhat. more industrial, slightly yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So our, our vocalist Daniel Rice, he he throws that term around a lot with our stuff, and I and sometimes I'm like, okay, I see how it applies to this song or that song, but uh, overall, I'm starting to see that a lot more with just the overall vibe of it. But um, but yeah, kind of a dark, moody thing. There's also a, a song on the new album where we're, we're just about wrapped up with. It's like sounds like um the cars meets the stones kind of cool. thing so it's <laughs> where yeah. y'all where y'all recording at right now we recorded with um our guitarist john tucker most of us we did all the the main uh instruments with him at okay. his house he uh-huh. uh over the years he's gone bonkers and bought all kinds of gear and uh-huh. awesome interface all that stuff so we're like let's not go to a studio and feel like we're on the clock let's take our time and and so Judging by your response, so you've been in studios before, and and you felt that pressure. So, um, so the, like pay by hour pressure kind of thing. Or? Yeah, I mean it has its place, right? Yeah, it's sure. like let me get these keys off so I'm not rattling everywhere. Um, it has its place. You can get in there and you can get amazing work done. Some of your best work because you're you're forced to. It's like give us your best within this time frame paid for this amount of time um and for me it's probably better for me so because i so i don't sit there and make let myself do a million takes of something i understand that that's why i'm asking this question right yeah so that that whole thing is like you know you can do a million takes you can get to where you want to some amazing things will come out of paying and being on the clock right um but if you don't have to be and with the at least with it just depends on the project with this group of songs Correct. yeah we were figuring them out in the studio it's really hard these days for a band unless you're you know unless a, a label's paying for your time in yeah. which you're usually paying them back for it it's usually in advance so regardless you're still like on the clock it's not like yeah, it's coming off get, record sales it's coming off yeah concert sales and it's like yeah. one way or another you're paying it back so it's one of those things where unless you're with a buddy and unless he's like you know, producing it or something, and he's in there with you, and he's like, "It's all good. Give it time." I don't know. I just feel like I'm on the clock, and uh, depends on the project, really. I, w- I I would agree with that. Like, because um, the songwriting process, it's like how you process and create. And I, I, you know, a lot of interviews, and even with myself, I've talked to musicians, and we all sort of, coll- you know, we've all been with each other in circles and had those conversations and. And I agree with you. Where it's like for the sake of the song or for the sake of the project, I think mm-hmm. it's a really good way to look at it. Because 
sometimes, like, at least for me too, is like sometimes being in the studio when there is like deadlines and like mm-hmm. rules, it's useful. Because Absolutely. Then there's, there's, like, well, this has to get done now. Right. And then, but also on the same coin, it's like, well, sometimes when it's just free, then things just organically happen. Totally. And it's trying to find that balance and there's, you know, there's no wrong or right answer. Exactly. It, and I, I think it's beautiful. And there's pro totally. And there's pros and cons to all of it and to both mm-hmm. of it. And like you said, there's no right or wrong. And it all, de- it just all depends on what, yeah, what you're doing at the moment. I think deadlines are very important. Yeah. Yeah. Cause <laughs> yeah. You, you, have create, you have to create some accountability no matter what you're working Absolutely. on. Right? I think Absolutely. that's the main thing I've like observed even me being a songwriter and mm-hmm. just being in community, there has to be some sort of calendar and deadlines of because then it's just sort of like, well, you know, then yeah. nothing. Maybe actually, it'll get done. Ma- but then you're right. relying on someone else, and it is, doesn't work out that way. Cause then right. The song will never get finished. Whatever right. that means. Um, is, is there anything that came out of the like the more casual approach that maybe wasn't the intention going in, like, or anything that kind of surprised you guys, or the, in a good way or a bad way that uh, mm. you can say like. Uh, it's, I mean, you get to know yourself pretty quick, I feel like, as a musician, when you have all the time in the world. Um, I think on the Sun Number record, before we actually did the finals, we did a whole round of um, of demos, but we recorded them the way we were going to record the final. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole other conversation of whether you should demo songs or shouldn't demo songs. Um, <laughs> yeah. Most of the time, I find things in the original crappy demo that just sonically you can't release because it's not pleasing to the ear sure. overall but you find, you find <laughs> but you, <laughs> you find things that you're like oh I really wish I would have that mess you know of course I mean it's like kind of cliche but it's like that mistake or that that I wish I'm not going to re- you know replicate a mistake I made because yeah. I like the mistake but I and, you know so there's things in those demos that you lose um, I just it's one of those things by now I've realized it's not I don't have a method for with that stuff for everything it just it really does depend on the project um Mm -hmm. but yeah as far as learning things you learn about yourself like if i have no one if i have no deadline for myself or no one else giving me a deadline uh i will just keep going like uh, my point is on those demos we sat there and we counted out all the times now is this with is this with to give it context is this with stone foxes or is this with just with when we were doing these demos it was like 70, there was one tune that was like 70 something takes on, on drums. Okay. We did it all separately, it wasn't sure. live. So, and it was, you know, not not start to finish, but like, okay, let's start from this point on, from, you know, whatever. And I was like, what are we doing? It was like 70, you know. Um, yeah. So I just realized that I, sh- I, that like, I was disappointed in myself for doing that. I'm like, why would I try to make it so whatever? It's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be what I, exactly what I want. So why? Sure. So anyway, um, how do I want to put that? Yeah, it just depends on the thing. I mean, you just learn a lot about yourself for good or better or worse. And uh, since we did it ourselves, we were kind of monitoring each other. John would monitor me and let me know when it's done. Sure. He's like, you're done, dude. Like, that's, you don't, like, it's getting worse. It's so, getting worse now. Stop. Yeah. So this you know? goes, you know, I always like to ask this question because you're, you know, collaborating with a bunch of people. So what is your, what is Sonambra? Um, that's the pronunciation, Yeah, right? yeah. Okay. Um, What's your collaboration process like? Is who writes the songs or how does um, that communication work? Is what I'm trying to ask. 
It's been, well, it's a semi-new band. It's like two-ish years. Sure. The first show was in 2020 um, over at Fulton. Uh, it was this thing that I, I just, for this band, I wanted to do something new, and I had, I had just moved back uh, from the Bay Area, and I knew, kind of like we was talking to you about, I knew there was a style of music I kind of wanted to explore, mm-hmm. and so then it was like, okay, let me like piece together friends and ask friends who would want to do this. Um, and I asked my buddy John Tucker first, who I've played with in other bands, multiple mm-hmm. other bands over the years. Um, and from there we just kind of talked, you know, I had an idea of who I wanted to play. So I t- asked him first and then we kind of went around and talked with to the other people. Yeah. And it was so nice and ev- all of the friends that I asked to do it, they all said yes. I didn't have like any no. I don't know why that would happen. <laughs> it was just, I just, I had no idea. I had no idea if anyone was going to have time, if they were into the style, if they were just like, oh no, I, you know, don't want to play with you. But, like we're friends, but I don't want, you know, whatever reason. Yeah. yeah. I have no idea. Um, and so they, uh, luckily, very thankfully, all those gentlemen that I asked all said yes. And um, then it was, to answer your question, then it was, who's got what? Mm-hmm. Everyone texts around stuff you have, or if you, you know, if there's anything in this vein, start, you know, start writing. So this, this is the first album and the first group of songs we wrote together. And so it's, when I say wrote together, it was, uh, I had a handful of songs I sent around. Daniel had a handful. John had a handful, you know. Um, Mainly for now, or to date, John, Daniel, and myself are like the, the main three writers. Okay. And um, well, I'll say John Tucker, Daniel Rice, Nick Navarro, um, Mike Adame, and Tony Montanez are the, the band members. Yeah, um, Th- those are very talented, amazing people. They're amazing, amazing people. <laughs> sweet, sweet people and awesome musicians. I'm lucky to play with them. Um, and... So, you know, it'll be different moving forward. Now that we've kind of recorded, now we know, now everyone, you know, we'll start writing more things together. But at this point, or up to then, it was like, let's just see what everyone's got. And so we all had things that got turned down by other people. We all had things that got accepted, you know. It's one of those one of those kind of things. But um, but I'd say, yeah, there's mainly three of us and then that are writing right now. And then uh, everyone else is adding their parts and adding to the vibe and helping write and structure things and and you know pardon my ignorance I've never been in a band or written in music or hardly a poem really you know um, is that is that like the typical process you find in all the bands that you've been in that it's a collaborative effort or is there someone leading or is it really just depend on the oh, project it all or? depends totally yeah. totally are um, all musicians <clears throat> writers no no mm-hmm. no definitely not um, for better or worse, I think there's plenty of musicians that I that are just they play a role in a band. Mm-hmm. That personally, I've been like, oh, you should be writing. You should totally be writing. And like, why? Are, and for whatever reason, they're too timid. Mm-hmm. They can't, or they can't handle their song being turned down. Or they know if the song gets picked, they would absolutely have to have it the way they originally wanted it, and don't know how to collaborate yet. There's just so many angles, for better or worse, that you know, people will either will learn or won't learn. Yeah. Um, and I've been in every type of situation like that, where it's one person who's delegating, literally, here's how the drums, if I was drumming, here's how the drum beat should go, to where I've tried to flourish a little bit here and there, and it's like, no, no, exactly how, you know. Yeah. So, and then there's people that are like, I, I have no idea, come in, do what you want, because they just want what you're, you know. I imagine the, the hired gun situation is more of, 
this is what you're playing, this yeah. is what you're doing, thank you. Absolutely. Time. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and in most of those cases, you're asked <laughs> to do that because they want you. Yeah. You know, so if I'm, if, if I'm getting called in a hired gun situation, yes, they'll have the part usually written, and they'll have the part, you know, there's a feel and all that stuff, but they're asking you specifically because they want you want you so they want your feel so even though it's different than the exact demo or whatever they or the last you know person who recorded it or whatever because um, people are people we're not you know can't replicate a, something exactly and if you can it's kind of like eh, it's, you, then the identity is not there anyway so it's you know. something that really like I'm, I'm a bit envious about and I have my own hobbies and projects and those things but from what I know about like Musicians, whether you're a casual couch musician in your basement or you're playing in multiple bands, those things like I've never known somebody that's able to turn it off. Like gotcha. it's not possible, right? It's like not. it's not possible. <laughs> but that's that's fascinating to me. Like right. sitting here talking to you, talking to Jonathan, any any musician in the city. I mean, I have no no ability to relate to songwriting or any of those things. Well, but you can relate to it because you you create in your own way. I create my own way, yeah. sure. And but you, I can't turn love, that off either. But right. it's you know, it's and just, you love music, like it, it's, yeah, it's, I it's do. Not, you know, and you you know music very well. So I mean. Thankfully, like with this conversation, I'm, I'm talking to somebody who's a music lover and a musician, so yeah. it's it's a very easy it's very easy because I'm not I don't feel like I'm I'm needing to explain any terminology. Yeah. It's like you guys, you know, you know. But so there's got to be yeah. a different satisfaction, obviously. I mean, from the hired gun situation to doing something like Sonumbra, where you want to explore a certain concept, right? Mm -hmm. Like they each have their own position in terms of gratification and all of those things, but. Um, do you find a different level of joy? Do you do you look at the hired gun as work versus pleasure? Do you like? Um, yeah, the hired gun things like usually for money, unless it's a specific thing. With with the Stone Foxes, that's a band. It's a very specific case because it's a band I was um, I wasn't an original member, but I joined in at a certain year as a band member. Mm -hmm. It started as a hired gun thing, and. Um, and then it was like, okay, now do you want to be in this? Do you want to join? And then we wrote together, released albums together, and and then at some point we just decided to kind of disband, except for the original two members, and they were going to continue as just the original two. And then from there it was a hired gun situation, where it's like, okay, the partnership, the LLC, all that is dissolved. Now these two original people are going to do their thing, and you know we would love to have you one of those things we if you'd like to do it this way and I, you know of course I have every opportunity to say no and there's no hard feelings if I ever say no it's all yeah. good but uh but yeah, yeah it's 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 work in that in that position it's with that band specifically I still love those guys yeah it feels like a band there's definitely been projects where it's a hired gun thing where it's like learn 40 songs we're going to play these <laughs> these songs at a casino for three nights in a row and I love the people that ask me and all that but it's you know you're also playing Steve Miller songs and it's They're, like I have no connection to this. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's yeah. A, you know, still music, it's so I love it. Motion, but yeah, yeah, fair They're you know, kind of to these for myself and maybe people in the audience can relate to this. Where sometimes like there's gigging where you're, like you're getting paid to be ambient, or you're getting paid to do this, and it's enjoyable. Or there's a show where it's like then your work is being showcased. Mm -hmm. And these for myself, there's actually, I prefer them both. It just depends on what mood I'm in for the day, you know? Um, right. A show and then what was the other one? 
gigging. So like you know, no. it's like you know when you're ambience at a coffee shop or ambience and a bar, and it's just like you're playing songs for two hours. Right. That you know somebody might be talking over and you're okay with. And that's with fine because right. you're you know it's like a glorified. They're not there to see you. Yeah, it's glorified mic night. Yeah, yeah. And then so like that's fine. And then also there's a time where like there's a show where it's like this is the context of you're like the main right. You're the, you're the entertainment for and, these and people, And it's like, right? you know, it's like there's no right or wrong. It's, um, depends on how you feel that day. Totally. You know? <laughs> totally. I think it all comes down to, or not all comes down to, I think the first level is you love playing music. Mm -hmm. So regardless of whether you're getting paid, whether you're not getting paid, whether people are listening, whether they don't give a shit, whether they love it, yeah. whether it's the favorite concert they've ever been to, it's still, you're still playing music. You're still lucky. You're still not. Yeah doing what it, you know yeah like when you're able to just sit there and like do your passion totally it's pretty incredible absolutely and so that i definitely taken for granted over the years just been you know you're like oh this sucks this i don't want to do this, blah blah and it's like I, you, you, come on like you're still playing music <laughs> so i you know taken that for granted many times and i've now I've learned how to calm myself down and anytime i get so frustrated I'm like i'm done it's like no it's just just, just fucking relax, guy. You're yeah. fine. Well, like, Calm down. You know. Tomorrow. And, and then, yeah. So yeah, but it all has their place. You know. Leading into this too is, uh, you work at a record store, so mm -hmm. yeah, we're actually sitting on. <laughs> you know, you you <laughs> the know parking lot of true. Tower District Records. We're behind right now. Tower District Records. Yeah. Which Nick, my bandmate, yeah. uh, in Sun Number, Nick owns owns the shop. Yeah, and that's. Yeah. I mean that that story is really fucking cool too. Um, so it's like. It's all encompassed. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's, you're like surrounded. I surround myself. It's with great, it. and that's. I mean, I think that's amazing. Um, it's such a pleasure to walk into the record store and like, oh hey, what's up? And it's like you know, it, it, and there's people coming in and <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, to know that you're you're part of the community, not just a, a slinger. Abs absolutely. <laughs> and that was always a. I mean, even just a, it's my day job. It's not my. You know, it's um, you know, a few days a week. You know, I don't spend all my time here, um, but I, I love it here. And uh, that was kind of always one of the dream jobs growing up. I was like, okay, if I can play music so and like, you watch work at a record store. So I've seen High Fidelity yeah. a couple, two, three times, you know? <laughs> a couple times. It's a great book as well. Also, real quick, this is a sidetrack note, but how you were mentioning earlier, like playing as background music or playing, you know, as the main entertainment. Mm -hmm. You've seen the, you ever seen the Curb Your Enthusiasm uh, episode where Larry David's dating He's dating a pianist, and she's that's what she's doing is background music at like a lounge casino, and she's mm -hmm. she's playing okay. in the background, and he goes to see her, and she goes, "Come see me play tonight," you know. She didn't specify like that I'm that she's playing as background music, so he gets there and he's sitting there and he's everyone's talking over and he's just like looking around. He's like, "What's all?" Shut up! <laughs> Larry David's looking around, telling everyone to shut up, and she's trying to calm him down. Like, no, I know what yeah, the thing is. What I'm here for? It, no, yeah. the same thing actually happened to me last night. I was playing a gig at, at Barrel House, and then oh, okay. I was sitting down next to my wife, and her her aunt was like, "I feel so rude. Like, we're, everyone's talking. Like, no, this is a gig. Like, this, we're, we're just right. ambience. Like, it's totally okay." Right. It was expected. You knew what yeah, you were getting into. Yeah, you knew what you were getting into. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's part of the deal. Right. <laughs> um, no, that's, yeah, it's so, yeah, it's so funny. And and it's it's tough when people, like, you know you know the difference right now. Yeah. You know, you've learned, you've learned it, whether you knew that going into the first time you were going into that situation or whether you learned that, 
people have to, people sometimes have to learn that and they think oh i'm going to perform my music at this coffee shop and people are going to listen to me and it's like it's then you you just learn time and place and this and that and you learn around town it's for, you know if you live in a place like Fresno you learn where to go do those things where not to learning how to read a room is important and it goes back to community like learning how to read a room like totally. hey like you just understand it and don't take it personally and right right cuz there was totally someone that was giving you their undivided attention oh, yeah. that loved it. Yep. And just because these two assholes are fucking <laughs> sipping their coffee and trying to talk over you, you know, it's like, you know, it just depends on who you're doing it for. And as long as you're not like, I have to have every person's attention yeah. and you're happy that that one person was stoked, <laughs> that's, you know, that's plenty. That's awesome. So what's the, what's the, the biggest uh, crowd you've played for? I'm just curious because... Oh, man. I don't I used to do, like, know. public speaking and stuff, like, for right. previous careers and these things and, you know, hundreds of people and all that, and it's a small audience probably uh, in terms of the music world, but, like, have you ever got up on stage and just been like, holy fuck? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what am I doing here? I mean, not because of the amount of people. I get up on stage almost, every, you know, most every time, like, holy <laughs> you're fuck. You're like, Jesus Christ. You know, <laughs> it's just one, one of those things. Once, you've, once you're on tour and once it's... And that, that always happens when it's a one-off. When it's, like, the first show of a run or the first, yeah. you know, whatever. And then once you're on the road for a few weeks, you just get... You just don't know what day it is. Yeah, yeah, you don't know yeah. what day it is. You don't know what it is. You're so tired. You're like, I don't, I don't even have the energy to be nervous right yeah. now. You know, <laughs> yeah. you're just, you're just like whatever kind of thing. Um, but I, I mean, I don't have a number, but I don't know. But there's been some, there's been some awesome shows over the years that I've that uh, super nerve wracking. Where I was like, I'm not going to look up. Yeah. And um, yeah. <laughs> but it's one of those things. I get. I mean, you two are friends of mine, so yeah. I can talk. You know fine talking to you guys there's there's so many times that like having a one-on-one conversation with someone i don't know or right. speaking in a class or whatever it was growing you know so so much more terrifying than going you know up on stage so there's that there's that thing even though there's whatever however many people it's easier sometimes to yeah. do that than some you know speak in front of a class in your whatever speech 101 when i was fucking you know 17 or whatever i'm always curious you know and you say like for for drumming i think drumming specifically is probably easier to create your own space right you you literally have a wall you you have a divider between you and everything else that's going on and that's the only thing that you're interacting with and when i ask that question i i think of um Led Zeppelin and some of their videos from like Royal Albert Hall in the late 60s, early 70s, mm-hmm. where you know Bonham's going nuts on Moby Dick. The guy never opened his eyes, right? On a 10 minute fucking drum solo, like right. he is in it's because he had a thousand Budweiser's before, yeah, this. sure. <laughs> I mean, he's completely fucked, but <laughs> beyond that, like there isn't anything else happening right. in that moment, right? Yeah, there isn't. 30,000 people in the audience there isn't any of that and you know you look at you look at shows like that you know and that's an exception of course but you look at shows like that and it's like how how much time do you actually spend about thinking about the size of the thing that you're right. doing versus just doing what you do yep. and moving on with the day and that's always like absolutely that's a challenge I would imagine to just be like yep this is this is it I don't care how many people are there I don't care where I am I'm really good at this thing, and I'm going to do it, and I'm going to walk off stage. I think a lot, no, absolutely. I think for me, a lot of it's the whole fight or flight kind of thing. Flight or fight? Fight or flight? Fight or flight. Fight or flight. Fight or fight. Fire. 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 I think it's one of those things where it's just like you're real nervous, you're this, you're that, and then you 
or you're not, and then you go up there to do it, and it's going to go how it's going to go. Yeah. You know, um, I'll get up there and I've dropped, you know, I've been like, I've dropped sticks at the most important part of a song or whatever. That's I've the best stick, part when that know? happens. Oh, like, yeah. It's like, that's, it's just, the universe is like, you're still yeah, you're human. Exactly. You have to practice as many times as you want, this, that, you can tape up your sticks, you can whatever. And, you know, when I was younger, I would, I mean, I still get mad at myself, but if one of my band members happened to be happened to do that, I'd be, I would like to think I'd be the first person to tell him like it's fine, like, it's fine, like who, dude, who cares? But I've been in that position where I've, you know, there's a big, I mean, I have a few. I I will say these the, those those memories stick in my head so so little, more than the good memories. Yeah. Is there one memory that was like you, it was just like a humbling one where you you know you so serious but then it just fell apart is you, you yeah describe? well there yeah would you be okay describing that sure i mean there's two the fr- i mean well there's <laughs> you, can, you can drive you, you can talk about both if you want pulling out his diary right now no there's there's <laughs> there's been a million times of fucked up and a million times i thought i was gonna fuck up and did did just fine yeah you know um i won't say where who what with whatever yeah, yeah. but there was one there was one <clears throat> show when i was probably 25 or so uh, semi new song. It was a song I had to like learn for the show kind of thing the yeah. week prior. Um, there's a big build up, and instead of slamming in on the one beat on the first beat, you we would pause on it. So it'd be a big dun 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 dun, dun, dun break, boom, and then you come in. And I just I came in on with no break. I came in hot on that one. Dun 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 dun, boom, and everyone else is silent, and it's just a big old drum hit. Yes. And you know I'm like fuck, and we you know you always recover. It's you can make fine. it work. Right? You make it yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. They all they, you know they look at me and wait for me to get back and go back on, and it's fine. But I was so I was taking it so seriously. I went back and punched the fucking tour van after this and that. And they came out and they're like, who fucking cares? You know, like there's 200 people. You're like, who cares? That no one's judging. You know. Yeah. So I've had to learn like, it's not the end of the world. Like, no one fucking cares. That's, I think people and they don't know. And they. For- most of them are. Now they knew that night. And, and, but, but. That's the thing. That's the thing. Like that's the thing. I, yeah. That's the thing about performing, or you know, no one knows if you make a mistake unless you let them know. Totally. For for the most part, that like I said, that night they knew. That was fun though. But I mean, but, a, but absolutely. Um, Did everyone in the, else in the band just pause and look at you like. Oh yeah. But, they all pause how they were supposed to pause. <laughs> they all looked at me and said, "Why are you still going, dude?" Anyway, they gave me the look. Like I once, like, wait a minute. <laughs> the silence was enough of a, of a look for sure. Impressive silence. Yeah. yeah. They could have just like yeah. all of a sudden, like you know, they could hear their calls, like the sound of silence started playing. You could hear the house music, like yeah. from the other the other side. No. Um, and then the other one, and it's just a, this. The other one's just a note to tell people: don't get too drunk when you play live, because. I, don't, I still have to tell myself that I should be like one oh fucking one. There's a pocket for that. Yeah. yeah, there's a time and place and everything. But uh, one of them was sure. long. Long story short, had way too much to drink one night on tour. It was Halloween. It was like let's party. And I was like, uh, you know, yeah, there's a time yeah. and place and everything. But uh, you know, playing a tune and this tune got really again. Won't say who. Same yeah. same band. It's but whatever. Yeah. Spaced spaced out. Real spacey part. I'm having a blast. I'm I'm fucking killing I'm killing it in my head. What you're hearing in your mind? Oh yeah, reality. Yeah. It was real good in my head. And then I and then I look up and they're like they're like 
30 to 40 seconds ahead of me in the song where the song should be. Like, they're at a completely <laughs> different place in the song. They've moved on from this, like, this movement to this movement. That's and, great. And I, and, and I, you know, and I, and that was the sad thing. I didn't know, you know what I mean, in the moment. And I looked up and I was, and I, I noticed and it was all fine. And they were just kind of like, you know, they kind of realized what was going on. And so you just learn. Sometimes you learn too, it's too late. Sometimes you learn early. But, uh, <laughs> I don't remember what the question was about that, how we got to those questions. Those uh, embarrassing uh, moments. Oh, yeah. Those are, there's so a couple then, of them. I got so, plenty more. But. but, you know, so then also, on the other coin, <clears throat> through your recent collaborations with Sonumbra and with uh, Stone Foxes, which I know those people in different regards, mm-hmm. what are your favorite, like, what is your favorite moments in those projects? Like, is there a memory that sticks out to you in both um, well, with Sun Umbra, that's it's so new. We've, I mean, we've really only played a hand. I only have a handful of shows under our belt. I mean, less than ten. Doesn't um, that necessarily have to be a show? Or you just be and, a memory. And that's my. That was what yeah, exactly. Sorry, no, 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 no. That's exactly what I was getting, getting to. Come on, John. <laughs> um, is like you know, just record like those moments where uh, one you know, there's a tune I'm, I was kind of stumped on. I, I believe now you know, my memory has been jogged after we go through and we're going through credits and sure. this and that I'm like oh that is how that song came about you know and um because you don't want to be sitting there while you're writing a song with someone like oh you wrote fucking verse A and you wrote verse you know <laughs> and so uh there was a moment where I was stuck on something and John had a nice little dun da dun a nice little lick that came out the, randomly the very like we didn't say one two three and count the song and we both just struck a chord at the same time and it was this perfect yeah. thing where I was like that's this one little random thing we're doing just hanging out messing around is like the hook of the chorus kind of thing yeah not the the um lyrical hook but you know part of the melody yeah that's how it should have been without knowing it yeah, yeah. and it was just like oh, okay we can trust ourselves a little more than you know whatever um yeah, so number. There's just been a few little things like that where I'm just so stumped, and then somebody I'm so I'm taking it so seriously, and someone will send a you know a little change that they don't think much of, and I'm like, you just made this. Song. Yeah, you just made this. Piece or yeah, like that. yeah. So the, I mean, this with some number, they're just full of those moments um, that I'm very very happy. I asked all the the people to play who I who I did. It it really worked out. Um, and with the foxes, I don't know. There's just been so many moments where I've just felt, um, how do I say it, successful in the way of of a, of a song, like just being proud of a song and, and the mm-hmm. people that you're playing with. It's really just always comes back to that for me. It's who you're playing with. Yeah, cause, you know, I, I've seen you guys playing with crowds, and it, 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 like I see, you know, some foxes. And the community reaching, and everyone's just so excited, and, and it's like it's 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 that's pretty cool. There's some thank you, man. There's some liveliness there that um, a lot about that is that band's about the live show, and so there's a lot of switching. I played drums, yeah. bass, and and you switch and around, like yeah, like, yeah. It's like you know. and that's that roll envy thing. Is that's in all the bands prior to that band always had a little bit of roll envy, and that was really nice to be play a little bit on each, in, you know, a few different instruments during a set, and. Uh, um, all most of them it's all like musical moments really and yeah. and you know gaining friendships and stuff but um of course but uh yeah i mean i don't have anything sp- too specific but right. but music mainly musical moments yeah. when we're writing usually you know there's live situations and things that are great um 
you know, wish I had more of them on film or, or something to remember them and have them logged. But they're I mean, it's just, okay. It's in, in your, it's, in your, it's in your mind, and yeah, it's like turn you there. to be the beautiful person that you are today. And I, I you know, I appreciate, it, appreciate it, man. Um, well, I'll start it with you, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I recall that. Yeah, um, my have some history. Huh? My, my first and and one of my favorite bands still ever played with is uh, Winter Wardrobe with Mr. John Haddon right Yeah, here. so. We, yeah, Brian, uh, for the audience listening, uh, I was 16, 17. That would have been uh, myself, Phil Freeman, Nathan Guzman, and <clears throat> Brian Pekalian. We didn't know what the fuck we were doing. <laughs> Nathan Guzman did, because he was way better than most of us. Cause Nathan, a, Nathan did, for sure. <laughs> he made us sound a lot better than than, than we actually were. Then he should have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, you guys were... I uh, I was I was the noob, and I was the youngest in the band. <clears throat> and uh, every, I, was, I stepped into a group where I was like, oh, this is a band. Like, I'm not playing a fucking whatever, you know, cover in the yeah. garage anymore. Like, this is... These guys are have real instruments and they have real songs and they actually wrote them and I was like holy shit um, and I mean Nathan taught me most of the bass lines that I, you know he was teaching me yeah, how like to Nathan play bass while yeah like lots of things like yeah. you know it's funny cause like the history of it you know we were young and, and in a background that was very strange but we made it work and then mm-hmm. um, you departed and I had a fire you because mm-hmm. it wasn't my call but <laughs> oh dang there's a lot of some hot goss going on here. no I mean it's fine now like I can say you that said no dirty laundry Sean no, it's, it's, it's not dirty laundry it's, it's fine it's, it's just it was the most apologetic I've ever heard Johnny's like I t- I'll tell you what man it's not me it's not me no, um, no. Was, it was, we, we were, were so like, young, and we there, like there's a few. Eighteen, t- like you know, we're just full of shit. I, I was full of shit. Like, you know, we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. There's, I learned so much from all that, though. And there's a lot. I can't believe that, especially Nathan being, I mean, at least I'd say five, probably five years older than me. Because when I joined that, when we started that band, or when I joined the band, at least I was probably fourteen. I think. 14. Yeah. So yeah. Like was, right, right, like right towards 16. the beginning of high school. I didn't have a car, and I lived in the mountains. Yeah. So like one of these guys had to drive me fucking an hour home every single rehearsal. <laughs> I don't have any gas. Money. That would have been. That you know, kidding me? That, I, that was me. But, <laughs> was like, but I loved it. You know, it was like I remember like that situation. I was like, oh man, this is like. That's so funny. But anyway, like it, at the end of the day, like we all love each other, and it's like it's it's. Water on the bridge. Um, oh yeah, it's all I'm really talking about it because like Phil Freeman might hear this and laugh at it because like we, you know whatever we're fucking teenagers. I'll blame <laughs> Phil for one thing, and one thing only. Okay, is is I hope you're listening, Phil. Uh, he, I started. Someone told me to listen to Bob Dylan, and, uh-huh. then, and then when I was like young in high school, like fourteen, fifteen, or something, and I you know you know Bob Dylan songs radio or this or that but I never like I didn't have a Bob Dylan album and uh who was it? I don't know if it was his dad or somebody told him he's like I don't know about Bob Dylan he's like my so-and-so says Bob Dylan sounds like forks going like in a blender forks in a garbage disposal or something like that and it was one of those things I like you know I respected and looked up to my buddies <clears throat> so for for like a handful of years somebody mentioned Bob Dylan I'd be like ah oh, he oh, sounds like that yeah, 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 yeah. forks in a garbage <laughs> You know, because sometimes you run with that stuff, and then at some point I was like, ah, fuck, I wasted the last however many years not listening to not Bob listen, Dylan. Yeah. That sucked. 
So I blame you for that, Phil. Otherwise, I love, <laughs> I love, I love you very much. <laughs> but uh, no, man, that no, that band was so influential for me because I, I, you know, there's different steps. You learn how to tour. You learn how to do this all in different steps. With that band, I just I learned how to write. I learned how to like have a scheduled band practice rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Learn how to show you know show up prepared. Um, Learned how to play shows. I wouldn't face the stage for years. I would turn around and I remember face, that. Yeah. yeah, face my amp. Like there was, and then eventually I learned. Like you know, it's just there's learned so much from that band. Um, and it's, I mean, that shaped a lot of that band shaped the music and the music you guys all turned me on to shaped what I listen to today and the musician I am today. And and as far as drumming, Nathan specifically. I mean, he's yeah. he's probably my biggest drum influence as far as some like someone I learned and played from he is to this yeah, day and there, there's crazy. something that uh, Nathan Guzman when I'll never forget this when we were just working together um, he said you know a drummer is supposed to be like salt like mm. someone's to listen to a song and go why is this song really good? And I, you know, I still think about that. Why is this song so salty? <laughs> but like, then if it's too salty, then it means like mm. someone's like, mm-hmm. basically like the rhythm totally. section is it, like, there, there's a role in community in, when you're in a relationship, no matter what it looks like, there's a role everyone is playing. And if everyone's working together and communicating, then the song sounds really beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. So what's leading to my next question, what do you love about Fresno? Hmm. Nathan Guzman. <laughs> That's a fair answer. <laughs> no, um, I haven't seen Nathan a lot. I actually spoke, I mean, not to keep talking about that, but I spoke to him probably uh, six months to a year ago. I was talking about some music stuff, and I hadn't talked to him in years and years and years. Yeah. Um, and it was really nice to catch up with him. But anyway... Glad he's still doing good. Real but, quick, before yeah. you answer that question, because this is my first time interviewing a musician. This is normally Jonathan's. Oh, okay. And I, and Sorry, I get to yeah. be here. Good no, no, no. I, yeah. just, I just have one question. No worries. So, tap, tap in. I'm not a musician, obviously, but I, I have been to a lot of concerts, and I'm sure you have as well. Is there one particular experience or one particular show that sticks out to you? And I'll share mine first. Yeah. Um, seeing, That's a great question. I, seeing seeing <laughs> the OCs. Okay. At the Rickshaw Theater in Vancouver, BC, the oh. first time I saw him there I think twice. You the Rickshaw stop in uh, SF. I got gotcha. you. Okay. No, yeah, old, old, uh, old theater in uh, in Vancouver. I saw the OCs. Was in love with them. Uh, first, the first album I picked up brought me into completing the entire collection on vinyl in like 2017, okay. which at that time was already like 18 albums or something like sure. that, right? Probably but to watch really, really pricey too. But. Oh yeah, to watch uh, John Dwyer, right, on yeah. stage during uh, a really droney section of one of the songs from Carry On Crawler, mm-hmm. he broke a string mm-hmm. oh, right yeah. as they were going into the drone. And this guy, he's got like a uh, an acrylic, like clear Les Paul or like SG oh, yeah. or something like that. I think like it's that. an SG. It's, yeah. it's an SG, right? Okay, so as soon as they go into this drone, he breaks a string on stage. There's no, there's nobody bringing him another guitar. He doesn't play another guitar for the entire set. Sure, sure. His guitar case is on top of an amp. <laughs> he rips it off the amp, sits down cross-legged on the floor, flinging guitar strings out of the case, restrings his guitar while the rest of the band is doing this drone 
section mm -hmm. carry on crawler takes a guy maybe a minute and a half okay real quick yeah. gets back up quick tune and then they fucking launch into it mm -hmm. like I don't know. I've seen. So you just saw a very human. A yeah, human yeah, thing yeah, yeah. You on connect, stage where it's supposed to be like bigger than that. Somebody you know. doesn't run out carrying a guitar right. to you know whatever. Like yeah. this guy had to. And the, the, the flawless, absolutely flawless. The rest of the band saw it happen. They never missed a beat. You wouldn't right. if if you only heard the show, you would never know that that happened. Right. right? This is like a, everything I've seen in my life, which is a lot of classic rock and stuff going up. That's the one that sticks out to me the most is to watch, like you're saying, people be be human and experience that, and they're. My favorite band, anyway, but are they? Uh, it helps okay. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Is yes. that album you're talking about? Is that the one with the little spaghetti, or not spaghetti? The strawberry teeth, it's like teeth. No, that's oh god, what is that one? Carrion Crawler is, is like, like toe the cutter or something. The it's got like a pink brain on the on okay. the, the the front I was, of it I was or whatever. So I know in that world, and it's so weird. I'm listening to folk these days. I actually <laughs> did. I just watched the recent uh, video that was oh, OC's release. Not, the, right, I don't know what they're called. It was the no yeah. Soci's funeral solution. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I saw that video today. Uh, they're amazing. But do you have yeah, one of those I moments where you're like, um, "Fuck, these guys are amazing. They're more amazing than I ever thought before I saw them." Or there's just a show that really sticks out in your mind. Every time I've ever seen Wilco, I think yes. that's, that's a big one. Just the yeah, the yeah, musicality, so good. musicality with that band is so so amazing. But um, but I mean, I well I. No, I don't have one specific thing. Off. I assume, you know, when I get home tonight, I'm going to be like, of course, how did I not fucking mention the time fucking bopping up and up? But, uh, no, I mean, I had one experience. It was a really small show, or a really small corner stage at a festival um, we played at, and I watched this band called the Felice Brothers. I love, love the Felice Brothers. Um, same exact thing. The one guitar player he plays this, this uh, guild semi hollow body Ooh. beat up beat up guitar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've only seen him with the one guitar ever in any photo, any any mm -hmm. anything. And uh, yeah, he broke a string. <clears throat> Looking around, I was like, he doesn't have a fucking backup guitar, and he's just you know, and everyone just keep and it's one of those things. He just gives him the look, and everyone keeps playing, and he changes a string on stage. And I'm like, you just you know, in my head, I'm dissecting it, and I'm like. Why doesn't he have a fucking backup guitar? Like, why wouldn't he? You know, and I'm just like, that's not the point. Like, no. anyone that's here that's here to see him, that cares, loves that that's happening right now. Yeah. Just like you're saying, it's like, that's your favorite memory, and I'm sure somebody was like, oh, man, he's not. He didn't have a backup yeah, guitar. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm he's sure. Not, you know, it's like, no, it doesn't. Um, but no, I don't have any specific moment that I can think of. I remember seeing Weezer, probably one of my first concerts ever, and being like, oh, this is... Like I'm actually seeing a real band play right now, and like just probably that moment of realizing like it's different than listening to a record. It's a different thing. Yeah. I you know it's that really cliche thing that I can't even hear anymore from people. It's like I oh, I, I like their record or I like how they sound recorded, not live this and that. And it's like it's a it's not meant to be you know the same thing. Like why are you even trying to compare it? Yeah. So I don't know. I mean I think just seeing. Um, a band you love in a different context mm -hmm. to me is always yeah. inspiring and impressive. The, on, the yeah. honest interpretation of it, I, yeah. I imagine. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think as far as a solo person playing something, uh, seeing Jim James play uh, Rainbow Connection, you know, that the Kermit the Frog song where he's sitting on the Rainbow oh, yeah, yeah. Connection of Dreamers, the Dreamers and me. I actually don't know that. You do, oh, I know I'll song, send yeah. you that okay. when we're 
You don't know the song where Kermit's playing on the log, the banjo? Oh man! The thing is, you're gonna, I, I, you're I, gonna I, love like, it. I'm you're gonna play honest. it. Like, I, you know, I'm not gonna pretend I don't. You know, I, no, I'm, totally. Yeah, I, I. When you hear it, you'll know this. You'll okay. know the tune. Okay. But also, you should you should play learn that song, play it because you, you'll <laughs> love it so much. I could see you playing it. Um, Possibly. But seeing yeah, Probably seeing will. him just like sh- shut everybody in this festival crowd up and playing this like the most one of the most beautiful songs I think ever written. It's just crazy. Um, <clears throat> I don't know, just those kind of moments, I guess. Yeah. But I don't have, yeah, I don't have a specific moment right now that I can think of. But uh, as far as a band, though, I don't know. I guess Wilco every time. Yeah. It's not that I've seen him a million times, but we saw him with the, the Fox up in uh, Oakland. Uh, I, I have yet to. I have yet to see. That's ep- no, ep- epic, dude. <laughs> yeah. I've yet to see Wilco or Jeff Hootie, but um, Jeff Tweedy has definitely inspired me, and, and I love the honesty of Jeff Tweedy. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Absolutely, man. He's wrote a, written a few good wow. books in the last couple of years. One's about songwriting called "How to Write a I, Song." Yeah, you know, that's. That, I mean, I was my my sister uh, <coughs> sent that to me, and I oh nice. audio version with Jeff Tweedy with narrating it. it. That's right, and you did like, the audio. You know, I was yeah. walking every night listening to it, and that's cool. Um, that was a good. That was a really good one. And yeah. It was really refreshing because. <coughs> excuse me. Grow, like growing up writing and then or trying to write mm-hmm. and you know figuring out how someone does this or whatever there's been and as an adult too there's been so many times where I'm like ah oh, fuck I, it's the same chord progression as this song I'm like now I can't do it and now <laughs> yeah. and for some, you know that was my thought it was just like now you now you can't do this you have to throw it away like as a whole because you because it's you're because it's fake like you're you didn't actually write and you know yeah. it took a long time to realize it, that, that's okay you know obviously yeah if you're if it's the same if you have a song stuck in your head same chord progression same me- you're whistling the exact same melody and then you realize it and then you still you know release it it's like yeah there are there's obvious problems but <laughs> but for the most part I've thrown away so many so many songs that I maybe I would have would have been ended up being an okay song you know because I was too scared it sounded like the thing that inspired it and it's like I didn't. Anything I'm writing doesn't hold a candle to the thing that inspired it. But um, I would think it was, you know, cheating. So I toss it. You know, thrown away way, way, way more songs than I've written. You know, or than I've finished. And uh, that book was so nice to know. Like, no, it's okay. Use that as inspiration. Like, yeah. find a song you like, learn it, turn it on its head, turn it upside down, find something for you in it, and. You know, and be honest this, about it, and then just be honest. There was a sort of thing too um, that happened, especially maybe you can relate to this, and maybe people in the audience can relate to this. Where when you're trying to create something and you don't quite have the words, you just make up random words just to sort of fill the, the void or just sort of mess around. And I, I think you know. Uh, that's something that, you know, I found, maybe people in the audience can find when they're creating, is like it's okay to just not know what the fuck you're doing. Right. <laughs> and just moving Absolutely. moving forward um, and, and letting things kind of grow naturally mm-hmm. um, and not beating yourself up, giving yourself grace, um, allowing yourself room to hold space for your emotions. Um, sure. In songwriting, you're saying? 
with creativity in just general, totally. I mean, I mean, it's not running yet, but I mean, that for people listening, I mean, it, it applies to the same principle. Um, Absolutely. No, totally with you. So, right, so to get back to it then. What do you love about Fresno? <laughs> I love, I mean, most everything. I'm kind of have a pride thing going with Fresno to where I love being from Fresno. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't. I don't want to say I don't know what it is. It's the. It's mostly the people, and the you know, like anywhere, the nostalgia from where you grew up, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes there is no nostalgia for somebody from the place they grew up. They you know, or any good nostalgia anyway. Sometimes the people just hate it and want to get out and never come back. Mm-hmm. I had a good experience here. Um, especially being from the mountains, but uh, it's a diff- it's a different thing for me because I always came down to Fresno from the mountains, so Fresno was kind of a treat. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I went to elementary school down here, but my grandparents uh, lived up the hill, so it was always up the hill at grand you know grandparents' house kind of thing, and um, it was always a treat coming to Fresno. So it was like you come down to Fresno. It was a, it was a big. It was like the city. You know, it is, I mean, it is the city. Yeah, no, yeah, no, I, 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 yeah. I know the same experience because like growing up in Prather, Aubrey, it's like mm-hmm. we're going in town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh my God, we're getting a treat. Totally, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> For better or worse, it's like oh McDonald's French fries. It's like oh yeah, 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 like, yeah. That's yeah. what that's not what I should look forward to going to Fr- but, um, but no, I mean I. I don't know. It's still the big city to me. I mean, the kind of thing. Went to San, you know, when I moved to San Francisco and stuff, I was just there's things you like about this and that, but I always missed Fresno. And that's what I was getting at with, this, with the Fresno Pride thing. Is like go somewhere like New York on tour or something like that, and it's just like I want to be back home. Like I yeah. want, I, you know. So it's a comfort thing. Um, I'm a creature comfort, but it's like the people. Uh, not just my friends. It's like everyone's got, everyone's not so uptight. And if they are, you just stay, I mean, like anywhere, you know, you just stay away from the people that don't work for, for you kind of thing. But, uh, I mean, everything, really. The food, people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, whatever. It's like, if I don't like River Park, then fucking don't go to River Park. Every city or town has their, <laughs> you know, the area that's like not for you or whatever. But Like Clovis. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. <laughs> and like, my dad lives in Clovis, and it's like, I... You know, I have to go spend my time out there and see him and this and that, and it's like, oh man, I don't want to go hang out with all these fucking whatever uh, North Face wearing this that. You know what I mean? It's it's a whole different thing. Yeah. Or just you know, really overly conservative, rub it in your face type yeah. places. You know, but Fresno has a lot of that, but it's not it's not as bad as I think people think. Um, there's a lot of open-minded people here. Yeah, there's also, yeah. There's, of course, there's not as well, but uh, I think it's the same in any city, right? Right. You just find your pockets, and that's the thing is people, people. I don't know. They say the armpit of California. There's so much. Even growing up, I remember watching like a late night show, and Jay Leno was like, "Oh, gotta stop. You had to stop in Fresno to get your car fixed or whatever, huh?" It was, you know, it was like, it's just had this thing, like a negative, like, fog around it or something like that as far as other people, other places I've visited. And then I'm like, no, I, I don't know. And that's made me more prideful over the years. When people talk about it negatively, it gets me more pumped on it. I don't know why. But I mean, um, I'm not a long-term resident, and I get, like, defensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been here for five years, and I'm like, 
No, you don't know what you're talking about. That's you don't know what you're and talking about. And that's awesome. About. And that goes to show that it's that those are true things. Yeah, you know, because you've been all you've been all over the place. You've lived all over the place. So, you know, you could you could tell the difference. It's not like you came from one place and this is your se- you know secondary home yeah. and you only have two things to compare it to. It's like there's a lot of ground to cover, and uh, those are honest words coming from you. So that's great to know. Uh, sure. It's it, it's interesting to get lost in Fresno High Tower downtown. Mm-hmm. You, you really kind of forget that there's the rest of the city. Totally. You know what I mean? Like it's I so rarely drive like north of Shields. Even. Oh, sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right, right. I don't drive very much at all. I ride my bike. And I walk say you're on a bike most of the time. M- yeah. Bike most of the time, but it's like. It's one of the things, that, you know, just to answer the question for myself, I guess, that mm-hmm. I, love, I love about it is you can disappear in, in inside of a, a two-square-mile area between Tower and Downtown. and Absolutely. And I was I wish I was more familiar with Downtown. Because, um, I, mo- I mean, I'm trying to think. I moved back back to Fresno when I was about 30 or so. Maybe 20, yeah, around 30, and moved, I don't know, when I was 20, 23 to 25. I think all those years get a little blurry. But, uh... I knew Fresno before I moved, and I knew Fresno after. There was a lot that happened in the times I left with bands, That's restaurants. Totally understandable. Some, yeah, yeah, some of my favorite restaurants are gone. Some, are, you know, or restaurants pop up that everybody knows everyone at, and I'm like, oh man, I, I miss them. Yeah. So there's two different versions of Fresno for me. Um, I was a little more hands off before I moved. I was more spent more time in the mountains, spent more time like living here, but traveling other places. And then when I've moved back still you know they're still tour they're still leaving for a few months at a time but uh mostly it was like i moved back and then within about two years the year and a half the pan- pandemic hit and i was like okay i'm gonna you know i'm at home but i'm also just walking places you know i'm doing those kind of things and so i don't know i got a good grip on tower and the people and who is actually trying to better the community after i moved back before yeah. it was still, you know, it was a lot of partying with people and just still a lot of like, where can you get away with things right. versus how, how do we work with people to get things to a better place, whether it's a venue, scene, restaurant. Sure. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's been so much with like Anoush that she's like posted like, things I've seen, whether I've been a part of it or just, yeah. um, a spectator everyone, everyone has a to be a part of it everyone has a different personality how they approach that I suppose this leading into the next question because you're kind of doing it kind of naturally going into it is like how do you think Fresno can improve or opportunities you could see that it's hard living up it's hard living up the hill because I feel like I live and I, I'm not a political person by, by any means everything's politics so it is but as far as I don't sit there with my friends and that's not what usually that's not what is talk what I talk sure, about that's you fine. know yeah and for for usually for worse because I wish I were more involved or well versed but it's like fine. point of seeing like things like Anushta like you guys do and like you know sticking up for the Tower Theater and really like her like calling her friends out and being like no show up like really show up it's like there's a lot of I don't know what it is but that that is so important to yeah. keep people people accountable and it's and it's huge and and i'm you know i'm guilty of not doing as much as i should you know what i mean as far as necessarily showing up or this or that whether whatever it is whether i'm not in town or whether whatever it is um 
but it's just I don't know as far as making Fresno I don't really know I think that we're on the way I think there's little pockets like this like Carlos next door opening this oh, yeah. guy opening up yeah. Moto it's like he uh -huh. you know it's not someone just trying to do another bar or try to make money it's like this there's just a lot of little sure. and you know and Nick keeping the record store open yeah uh, he bought the record store right before COVID hit mm -hmm. probably with a couple months I think and then had to shut down the doors for a while yeah and it's like let's not just sell you know he's like let's not just sell this and have it become a whatever it's like let's you know Let's keep it a record store. Let's keep this a deli that, that the, the kids across the street can come eat at, you yeah. know, from Fresno High. They can come get a bag of chips after school, whatever it is. Um, as far as community-based things like that, literally as far as food and entertainment and music, yeah, like, that's, he, yes. that, those things are seem like they're growing and seems like there's people that are really into it. It's like, not like the old school, the young, young school kind of thing, but there's people moving on and young people that care about it who lived here and saw all the problems or saw all the how to treat people when they come into an establishment that are now taking over mm -hmm. and I, um, I think it's public now so I think I can say it but like like Mike Adame is one of, a good friend of mine also in Sun, um, member of Sun Umbra and was spoke easy yeah, they, um, I think they technically went public on the podcast. Okay, okay. So I'm okay with my <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, things. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I kind of sprung it on them there. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. <laughs> um, and, and like that, it's like, oh, it's like, to me that made me so happy. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, these guys care about, I don't know the other two gentlemen very, very well. I've met them a handful of times, and I, I if, you know, I know they're good guys. Mike's working with them. Mm -hmm. It's like the, that kind of thing where it's, you see the right people, for me, and maybe it's, maybe I'm too stuck in my circle, and I'm and I'm a little oblivious to things that are going wrong. But in my as far as the scene that I see, not just music scene, but community, I'll say, I'm seeing people step into positions that are that's really hopeful mm -hmm, and like yeah. really exciting. Yeah, you know, and that aren't and it's not about money. No. For all the, at least all the people I'm referencing, it's not about money. It's like okay, we know we're not going to make any money probably for this, you know, for a good while or whatever. But they're they see a long-term goal, and uh, I know I'm being a little vague, but um, but just little things like that, like Spokies, like having a friendly neighborhood. But Audi's Olympics gone. Fucking Van Ness and Floridora to me was like it was awesome. <laughs> there, it was yeah. like that was where I would go. You know, there was yeah. Cup of Joe back in the day when you're too young to go to somewhere and, and like I that. Actually, and then, I, I actually, you know, uh, and all I do is seen when they're you know people that don't drink, a safe place for them. And the community needs mm -hmm. that. And Absolutely. I, I advocacy because it's like you know I'm older now and it's like I have my things but it's like I can't just make it about me it's like exactly. these people like need a place to like enjoy music without the pressures of totally whatever whether they don't have a problem with drinking or whether they yeah. do have a problem yeah, it, it doesn't not, yeah, you know, music not. obviously music and alcohol there's a thing you know there's a yeah. thing there's a, there's a oh we can make money selling booze and we can make money from having music and people love these two things and it doesn't you know it shouldn't be and it doesn't have to be that way and it'd be great to have some more all ages places yeah. and that's another thing is I was going to say is venues too it's like yep. there's great venues in yeah. town there should be more for how big this city is yeah. and the fact of where Was it's it located. Was the largest city in California? Yeah. Fifth? Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. yeah, and, yeah. and it's like, what, 500,000? I mean, how many people? It's more than that. Is it Almost 600,000 now. That's, That's just the so city. Million. The, county is, the county is like a million That's plus. Wild. Okay. Yeah. For how little 
we have for entertainment and venues exactly in, in the tower and downtown sure in the arts areas mm -hmm. i mean there's where i've never been i've never been there and i should go stuff there's like with the starving artist bistro like things in north fresno there's sure. there's other there's other things and venues i'm sure but it's and when we grew up and john and i you yeah. know were playing music stuff there was like churches there were way more churches that people would Play. I'm not saying that's whether I'm not saying that should happen or not happen. Or right, but I there was the right saying. people to host then, those events. Sure, you then, or, but then I, you know I remember in that same grain, like how hungry we were to come to the tower, mm -hmm. watching Sleepless Disaster or like right and when the bands and being in tower and, and they were and parents dropping us off and they're going, you're doing what and like watching a show. Yeah, totally. <laughs> And I'll, and I'll say, just to be clear, I'm not saying there should be more churches. I'm saying places that are, like, I know safe places. Like, yes. places where, like, mm -hmm. local bands can, you know, there's someone that goes to that church that knows these bands. Like, let me yeah. put on an event here. You know what I mean? And like Yeah, for the high school bands, for the up-and-coming sure. people with oh, the passion where you, you both started from, right? There totally. There isn't a lot of outlet for that. To uh, no, not at all. And back then, I mean, we, we played with, there was a band called Cold War Kids that could be before, oh, yeah. before oh, they yeah. blew up, and they came through and played... The, the church on the ground, you know, there's no stage, there's no nothing. The we barnyard. Had, the barnyard. Root we beer, had, kager. There was a, it was, you know, root beer. <laughs> we had root beer. That was yeah. the, that was the, you know, and they're just, I'm sure, the I'm sure they showed up. Kids. And maybe That's they were, amazing. maybe they were fucked up. Maybe they fuck? showed up hammered. Maybe they're like, we don't care. We don't care. Exactly. But people, you know, were so into it. And there were, how, there were house shows that were safe, mm -hmm. you know? And I think there's like I've been to Studio It's a couple mm -hmm. times. I don't know. I love that place. That, I don't know the history about it. I don't know who lives there. I don't know what it is. But it was that thing where I was like, oh, I don't feel like I'm going to get jumped here. Yeah. I also don't feel like I, you know, I don't feel like it's up and tight. Like it's very, it's just very comfortable. Studio It's is one you of know? my favorite places in the world. Very um, good. Um, so I, I think yeah, it's like. Good people gravitate gravitate towards community, um, totally, and are open to conversation and critical thought and learning mistakes and and learning those and moving forward. Um, mm hmm. Are there venues that you guys know? Like, I'm trying to think. No, of, there's really not. I mean, as far as it doesn't have to be all ages, but I mean, some you know, some I know Strummers does all ages shows, like but uh, La Mason Kebab is doing some some right. more stuff now coming out of. Uh, they used to be Peeves, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Coming out of uh, like South Lake Paper, Madness Watch, uh, Satellites, and uh, Sunnydale's are playing. Is that this weekend, Saturday? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. So, so they're, they're still like, they're, they're doing, doing more stuff. Um, cool. That, but that, other than catching a show at Tioga. Yeah, whether you can catch a show at Tioga downtown or maybe yeah, something I mean, at and there's like Gazebo Gardens doing like their thing and sure. there's bands that are playing like but it's so few and, and far between like right. there's there's not there's there's enough talent there's enough artists and musicians here and there's enough space to have something going on most nights of the week right and to have variety I think is a, totally and I think a variety is a big thing and like um, this is no this is no sh this well there's no diss on something like Gazebo Gardens or anything, but mm -hmm. I think a lot of those places have a vein of music or mm -hmm, a sure. or something that works. I feel, um, I, I can't recall who the band was, but I have a buddy's band that's like a little heavier. And I'm not saying metal, anything I know like what you this. Mean. Yeah. But they go and then they, you know, the people were like, hey, they had an event with food trucks, this or that. And the people were like, no, you got to stop. You're too, uh, you're too heavy. I know what you mean. You're I've been done. there before. And it's, yeah, and it's that kind of thing. And it's like, <laughs> not talking, you know, I'm not trying to talk trash. I don't know anyone. I've been there and I enjoyed it. You know, I've been there and, and saw some music and it was great. But something yeah. where it's like, 
you can go to a place and it you don't know what you're going to get but it's like okay if you don't like it you can leave but it's not like oh this is i mean i don't i don't like metal i don't listen to metal but it's like if a metal band's playing somewhere that night it's like don't tell them to shut up because you're worried it's going to offend someone in the crowd it's yeah. like make it about the art and then they can bring people if they do if they don't you know what i mean and well i wasn't here when it was audis but uh when full circle took, mm-hmm. took over for a little bit there that was exciting right because there was a lot of smaller shows happening for a couple of months there i mean i don't don't remember how long it was but you know uh that was that was really cool to see as like a neighborhood venue absolutely yeah well we won't get into that but i mean that was that was exciting yeah to have a new venue as terrible as it might have sounded or whatever Um, sure i mean sometimes that's fine (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, but sometimes that's even better about how good it sounds it's about being there as a community and and celebrating the artists in the community right and giving giving people a place to say and and that's the thing if you enjoyed that place all you would have just adored audis yeah yeah i mean audis was like oh man i mean it was so good before my time but it was so important to audis was so important to this town and uh as was I feel like Cup of Joe because there were definitely yeah. places I never played yeah, Cup of but Joe I've was, been to I mean that was like that was the start for me as well yeah well, for you us guys, you know yeah, you absolutely. guys do your own concerts here though yeah. right and we, do, and we haven't since we haven't started back up since the pandemic um, started in 2020 we've just been easing back into it as far as you know for some for so long they were open, yeah. open back up no shut back down open back up sure. we wanted to make it where people knew like okay at this point you know, we're not going to shut the doors down in a month or two. We're trying yeah. to get to that point. Um, well, my like but third, yeah, or, third or fourth date with my now wife was here. Oh to wow! See, to see on, okay, who came in from Portland, and right, I still right. listen to them to this day. And I had no idea. I just showed up. You know, like that's awesome. Like there's there's a role you you want to play, and we'll play again and more frequently in the community and that. You know, mm-hmm. but there's no yeah, it's few too. and far between right now as to where to see those. Totally. Seen John. Seen John play here. Yeah. Yeah. Lamps. Last, last that, show was that was one over played here, didn't they? So, I believe. I believe. In my yeah. memory, like so, like right before the pandemic hit, Drew Lemus played here, and then we played Full Circle in February, and that was that. <laughs> yeah. That? And then it's just like here's life's flipped over. Yeah. The whole and, world's and flipped we, and, and, inside and out. The way it goes, yeah. actually, it's not the way it goes. It's it's reflecting and navigating, and because it it's very scary. Um, but in that process, is learning how to be a more mindful person in community. Totally. And knowing you can all be, you can all be <laughs> taken away. The rug can be swept out from under you. Yeah. Just like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I better. I better realize what I like and what I don't like about you know and start working on it yeah. um, my final question for you is what are you looking forward to um, the summer of this in year life? Just, oh and just in it's general just Fresno man what's going on um, what are you no I'm, to? I'm really looking I mean I'm looking forward to things I'm a little scared right now because I because I just went on just got back from a tour a few months ago and I and the night before the last show I caught COVID yeah and so I was down was gone from home for however many weeks three weeks four weeks and then had to um, ask my my beautiful partner Laura um to go stay with her folks for 10 days (laughs) and uh so I just for instance I was just 
really before that happened I was really looking forward to just everything opening back up you know yeah. every, everyone getting back to normal everyone's anxiety being put you know put back in its cage a little bit at least for myself feeling like I can go out and do things and not you know just feel like I'm doing something wrong by leaving my house mm-hmm. and uh, I mean everyone needs to be safe and I'm not you know I mean it sucked that whole you know it all sucks for everybody you know yeah. that whole situation but roundabout I guess I'm looking forward to figuring out a, a safe and healthy way to live our lives again mm-hmm. you know um, and it's very tricky for me it's the guilt of, of like going out still and just being like I shouldn't be you know, mask, no mask, vaccination, no vaccination, whatever it is, it's like, there's something, you know, there's a bigger thing at play, and it's like, for me, it's just looking forward to getting back to somewhat normal life, of being able to go and see a friend and not um, have to stress as badly, and you know, I think this, not to talk about that thing, but I think that thing's, you know, it's going to be around, and so it's, we just got to get used to it and work with it rather than try to whatever, you know. Yeah. say it does or doesn't exist whatever it is but um on a big scale or on a you know big and personal scale it's that it's kind of getting back to somewhat of a normal routine in life um then other than that i mean it's always music and seeing my friends whether it's going having a dinner with friends or um my world is is small my and, and for me it's it's like very obviously so cliche but it's like life is short so I want to spend it with the people I love and really work on those relationships and uh, for me that's music and my you know my partner Laura and my family and um, and just kind of nourishing and feeding those those relationships Um, but me, I don't know. I want to get some stuff done, though, because every day I feel like I'm getting older, and I'm like, oh, man, I haven't done, you know. Yeah, right. I want to play with these people. I want to hang out with these people. I haven't, like, both of you guys I think about hitting up all the time, and then it's like, it took, you know, took a podcast to actually sit here and get together, and it's like, I, it's not hard. I, I should be reaching out to people more and stuff. Um, That's what you get for living in the hills. There's, there's yeah. that, and it's just been a lot of anxiety stuff. It's been yeah. a, it's been a lot of, like, don't Together. leave the house. You, I feel guilty. I'm going to feel guilty if I leave yeah, yeah. or if I do this, and so I'm ge- yeah. just... Looking forward to getting um, out of those slumps, I guess. Mm. Um, luckily, I was during that pandemic. I had friends where it was like we recorded all this stuff, this Sun Umbra stuff. Uh, you know, either remotely we would send things around, or also just get together with one or two of us at a time. And it was like, okay, we know we're only going to work or yeah, not I mean, going yeah, to work yeah, and yeah, seeing yeah, each other. Safe space. Yeah. yeah. So you know, I had things during all of it, but um, that felt good. But uh. But yeah, and just, I don't know, on the small scale for this band, that's it's just what I've been doing. I'm talking about it a lot because the uh, last couple of years, that's been my what I've been putting all it's my music, musical it's energy joy. to. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Getting to hang, spend time with these guys and uh, and just the whole, there's a, just a lot to it. So I'm looking forward to releasing this album. Um, we have some shows. We're playing Tioga, uh, the brewery for Art Hop, June 2nd. That'll be our first Fresno show since 2020. Um, Fuck yeah. And other other than that, just keep working on it. I've been lucky. My um, uh, my partner Laura is also an amazing um, artist and tattoo artist. Oh, yeah, she's yeah, she's awesome. She's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, her art stuff is called, and her um, tattoo shop is called Volition Tattoo. 
And she, uh, up until now, she's been doing all the artwork for the band. So it's been all in-house, like That's all really cool. in the family yeah. between friends. And um, so I'm just really excited for sharing all of that stuff with yeah. friends. I'm not expecting anything out of it, you know. We have, you know, high hopes that certain people that we respect will, will love it and this and that. But, um, you know, it's just like anything else. Whether you've been working on a on a woodworking project or whether mm-hmm. whatever it is, it's like, I'm excited for it's like baby steps. I'm excited to share this with my friends and just, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess all that stuff, all that, all that getting back to normal talk, <laughs> you know, whatever normal is now. Yeah, I um, think we're all looking forward to that. Yeah. Well, what about you guys? We're not cutting this off yet. What about you guys? Yeah, well, what are you guys looking well, forward to? Um, People want to know. They don't care about me. They don't care. <laughs> you guys are well, you know, and not at the the woodworking projects. Uh, conscious effort to make more time to be creative totally uh, focused a lot on work as I've done most of my life but uh, yeah I've been feeling really inspired lately um, knocked out a few projects personal projects for myself and haven't done much of that in the last couple of years mm-hmm. and remembering the satisfaction and the joy in the process and the time it takes and the patience to achieve those things you know and it's you know different from songwriting where you can strum out the, you know sure, a, you can, a hundred you can, different versions right. in a couple hours you know this is like you know you, you think about it you do it or you gather the materials you do the thing and it's you know multiple week long projects right. and you have to have the patience and the things to do that and the time most importantly the time right and uh, the real energy because it's, it's, you know you can I mean don't, don't get me wrong you can be sweating in the studio doing a million takes of a song with, sure. the, with the AC off because it can't be recorded and whatever yeah. but you can also yeah. yeah you can also sit on the couch with your guitar yeah and yeah you yeah can be in and comfort in your bed doing it but yeah with a lot of this stuff you, you got to be intentional about exactly. it and uh, can't lose a finger you know, I had I had a few reasons to do some projects lately, uh, and oddly enough, those have turned into some uh, commission and work requests. And Badass. I rem- I remember what it's like to do that for a living, and uh, so I'm now yeah very inspired to organize the workshop again, which That's is awesome. the trash pit, and uh, and get back to that man. I That's mean, awesome. And you guys have your space now, right? Do you have a headquarters yeah, downtown, for this thing? Downtown at 736 Fulton. Yeah. So I saw a little clip. It's looking over Tioga? It's yeah, like, okay. absolutely. Yeah. So so that's going to be the green room for the for the June 2nd show? You're just going to... We're going to come knocking on the door? Already watched... Uh, hey, guys. Uh, Chicano Batman uh, from the... There you go. <laughs> from the room. Yeah, come on up, man. That's awesome. Come on up. What about you, Jonathan? Um... Uh, <clears throat> So like there, you know, at least in my head, there's there's no normal to me because mm-hmm. I can't honestly say that getting back to normal is normal. Is actually normal. Yeah, totally, yeah. man. So I mean, you know what you mean? Being in Dirty Limbs, I was playing punk for nine years, and then this thing emerged from what happened. And then, oh, and then I see. I was reflecting, I see. and I was just like, "Well, shit!" Like. It's it's a bigger picture of keeping communities safe, and I can't go back to that process I used to be before, where it's just like do do do. So I learned for myself boundaries mm-hmm. and friendship and community. So for me, I'm looking forward to not normal because that, that that's not normal to me. That's I, I totally that's see what you're saying. Totally dysfunctional as fuck. 
Right. And I'm not, you know, um, I understand um, wanting to hang out with the community, and it's important. Um, but I'm not looking back. I know exactly. What yeah, you mean. it's like it's like I'm. There was know. problem. Yeah, it's not like everything was hunky dory before, and I'm trying to rep re exactly what we're trying to replicate. So what I'm looking forward to is out, community you know? working together to, uh, you know, uh, upheaval this thing, the system that killed a million people, right? Uh, plus more right. in history. I mean, that's yeah. what I'm looking forward to is actual community, and. Real hard work and honesty. No, totally, man. That's all. I mean, that's awesome, <laughs> and that's huge. And it's like we'll never fix it all. So it's like let's try to figure out what we can. Yeah, we can work different on personalities, and, then, and it's yeah. like it, it's communicating, and, and and there's introverts, there's extroverts, and there's minds that work better in person, minds that don't, and 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 there's how, a place for everybody. And yes. there should be a place for yep. everyone, and we yep. got to learn how to make that a thing. Yeah, make it actually happen. No, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Well, I love your new tunes, and and uh, I'm really stoked on all that stuff, man. Thank you. Have, you're in a, you're, you seem like you're in a new phase that, it's like been you know you know a phase is it's been there the whole time. It's mm -hmm. just like when do you want to flip the switch on it? Yeah. And, uh, the, the, what, yeah it's great it, to see. Yeah, it sort of just happened, and I knew there was a time it was going to happen. And I just didn't know when it was. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I know you reached out to me to. I to produce some stuff for this project before it was happening, and at the time I wasn't wasn't able to do it. And maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll figure something out uh, with Eric. We should give a shout out. Yeah, to yeah, Eric. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Eric, I haven't asked you yet, but uh, I think we're gonna talk to you soon. We're gonna talk to him <laughs> on the spot. You're getting talked to Eric. Uh, Eric, <laughs> Eric, mi Eric mixed all the all the Sun Umbra stuff, and yeah. he absolutely yeah. he killed it. Um, anyway. We could talk about people for hours, but yeah, we'll yeah. cut it off. So, anywho, uh, this is Jonathan Lofi. Christian Hanneslager talking to Brian Battalion of Sun Umbra and uh, Stone Foxes, among many other projects, on the back porch of Tower District Records. That's right. Thanks a lot for your time tonight, brother. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you, guys. Appreciate uh, you. See you all down the line. This has been a No Life Fresno production, a branding department brand. To learn more about Branding Department, visit brandingdepartment.com and check out our full blog of No Life Fresno content, including these recordings, at nolifefresno.com. Music by Jonathan Lofi.